Radical Truth is a podcast produced by TBLI Group and hosted by Robert Rubenstein. TBLI is making the financial system work for all. Our podcasts cover the wide range of ESG and impact investing topics. What it is, why is it booming, is it really helping, is impact regenerative in nature? How will climate change impact investments? There will be regular interviews with thought leaders, some known, some not known, but all brilliant, and we will have engaging conversations with all of them. Can we create an economy based upon well-being? Let's make the financial system work for all. This is Radical Truth. How to access the 95 billion euros for startups. There's a lack of finance for breakthrough and disruptive innovators in Europe, with an estimated equity funding gap of about 70 billion euros. Many European startups can find the risk, high-risk capital needed to get to the stage where private sector investors get involved. To address the challenge, the EU launched the European Innovation Council, the EIC, can help innovators from the stage of idea and intervention to investments and scale up their companies, funding up to 2.5 million euro in grants and 15 million euros in equity. TBLI has invited an expert, Mauro Andriotto, to explain the program and the process to apply. This is Radical Truth. So thank you all for coming. Uh, we have a, a, um, quite a sizable group who've come in live and also those that are going to be watching the replay. Our speaker today is Professor Mauro Andriotto, who is, uh, has a very, very long CV. I'm not going to go through everything, but most important, why you're all here, he can explain to you how to unlock some of the money, the 95 billion, maybe it's a little bit less now, uh, that the EU has allocated uh, for startups. So, Mara, why don't you give a brief introduction as to who you are, what you do or have done, and how does this funding from the EU work? Because everyone is always looking for money. Okay, thank you very much for uh, for the invite, Robert. So, my name is Mara Andriotto. Uh, I'm a professor in finance in, uh, in Italy and Switzerland. Uh, I've been teaching uh, with uh, several universities. Uh, my background is a uh, financial one. Um, I've been uh, uh, the uh, quantitative leader of Ernest & Young uh, since a couple of years ago. Uh, I'm based in Switzerland and I've also been working with the European Commission since uh, 2014 uh, as an evaluator, as a jury member of the European Innovation Council also with um, some other commissions like the EIT. Um, so there are many different opportunities with the European Commission to fund uh, projects, uh, research and innovations. Uh, today, probably we will speak in particular about uh, the EIC accelerator that is uh, one of the most uh, interesting. Um, what else? Uh, uh, I'm also an equity partner of a family office uh, here in Switzerland. That is, uh, the name is SMC. Um, and I'm deeply involved uh, in um, several projects. Uh, I'm the CFO of a company that has recently uh, got the funding from the European Commission that is uh, CO2 BioClean. 
And um, we also help uh, companies to participate uh, and prepare a proposal for the European Commission to try to unlock uh, this, uh, this funding. Uh, Amaro, how does it work? I mean, who is who can qualify? Because I got conflicting stories. Uh, the UK cannot qualify anymore for for equity, but they can qualify for grants. Uh, you don't have to be in the EU at the time of application. Can you be outside of the EU? So if you can kind of touch on what are the, the minimum requirements and what how much money is available in grants and equity? So there are some objective requirements uh, and some subjective one. I will start from some of the objective requirements. Uh, you need uh, to be uh, a small, medium enterprises uh, or a mid cap. Uh, you will need to be based in Europe or in one of the associated country at the time that you are going to receive the funding. Uh, one thing that has changed in the last two years is that now you can uh, make your proposal even if you have if you are not uh, based in Europe, at least for the initial phase of the evaluation. Uh, then uh, from phase two or when you receive the funding, you need to incorporate a company in, uh, in Europe. Um, you can participate uh, to the equity uh, amount uh, if uh, uh, only to the equity amount uh, if uh, you are a mid cap uh, while as as you said if you are in uk you can participate only to the grant amount uh, but not to the equity one um, these probably are the you need to be a profit-only organization, so the, the project uh, cannot be a non-profit project. Um, and I would say this is uh, these are the uh, objective requirements. Maybe another thing that I would add is about the definition of SME. That is, uh, you need to have maximum 50 millions in annual turnover or less than 250 people as a staff at count, or a total asset balance sheet that cannot be over 43 millions. But as I said, the program is open to anyone, anywhere. It means that if you have a brilliant project and you are based in US or in Japan and you want to participate, you can do it. Uh, in that case, uh, you present your project, and uh, uh, if you are going to be successful before phase two, uh, you are going to you need to incorporate a company for uh, uh, for moving forward with the selection procedure. Um, subject, and then probably later we we can understand a little bit more about the evaluation uh, procedure. Subjective, I would say you need to have an innovation, uh, an innovative product or service, uh, uh, or a project that you want to bring to the market. Uh, you need to have at least one or two years of operations to be funded. And um, you, you need to have a project that uh, is uh, at least uh, at uh, TRL 5 or 6. Uh, can you, TRL can is you explain what is TRL for those who don't know? 
TRL stays for technology readiness level. It's a scale that the European Commission uh, took uh, from uh, the NASA. It's a um, scale to measure the maturity of, of a project. And it's a scale that goes from one to nine. Uh, at one, uh, let's say you have the idea. At nine, you have the go-to-market phase. When you are at phase five or six, it means that you have a validation of the technology that you are proposing. It means that you have a pilot, you have a prototype, you have an MVP. These are all signs that will demonstrate that you are at phase five or six. You you can be even a little bit before to to have the exact prototype that you will. Uh, need for uh, for uh, moving forward with the, the industrialization phase, uh, but you need to have something. It means that uh, the ACE accelerator. There are other program. If you are at the research stage, at the idea stage, at the seed stage, there are other program. Uh, in this case, uh, uh, if you want to participate with the, the ACE accelerator, you need to be at least at uh, level five to six uh, of the TRL scale. Um, another thing that I would say, coming back to the subjective uh, element to have in order to take part in the program, uh, would be like strong team, uh, strong partners, uh, uh, clear uh, intellectual property rights. Uh, these are all, uh, let's say, uh, aspect of the projects that are going to be evaluated by the European Commission before uh, uh, releasing the funding. Probably, yeah, we, we probably want to say something also about the structure because I mentioned it uh, several times. So uh, what is the structure? The structure is divided in three phases, actually. So phase number one, uh, we, we need to prepare um, a small proposal uh, that is like kind of a word document, uh, could be around 10, 15 pages. Uh, then uh, a pitch deck. Uh, of 10 slides and a video of the team that is presenting the project. Uh, if we are successful, uh, then we go to phase two. And in phase two, we have a long uh, proposal uh, with the, the financials to prepare. And so there is also a little financial model that needs to be prepared. And uh, every details of the project uh, must be explained from uh, uh, problem, solution, uh, team, uh, uh, commercialization strategy, uh, work packages. That means that we needed to explain to the European Commission uh, what is the plan for the next uh, uh, for the next years, what we are going to do with the money, how the money will be spent, and this program must be divided in work packages that will have deliverables to present to the European Commission and for the projects. We need to have a milestone and, and, and so on. Because clearly here we are using public money, so we need also to be accountable for, for what we are doing. Um, then if we pass phase two, we have the last stage that is an interview with the jury members of the European Commission. It's a 40-50 minutes interview where you have 10 minutes to present your project. And then usually you have 30 minutes of questions from the jury members where 
uh, you can go in the details and 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 clarify maybe some some doubts. The uh, I, I wanted to ask two about a couple of issues on the, you kept using the word bankability, which I, I want you to clarify. What does bankability mean? And also, what industries is the EU looking to finance? Because I mean, I, I know some people who had nothing in tech, but were great social impact, they were rejected. Uh, is it only tech related and tech is rather large? I mean, what, is, what are the industries that they're trying to really support? So I will start from the bankability. It's a concept that was, uh, um, let's say, more important at the beginning of, of the new program. Now things uh, are a little bit changed. And bankability, actually, it's uh, a word that means that uh, you are not really able to find the money. It, it means that you have a great project and your project uh, should be funded, but you are not able to, to find money in any other way than the European Commission. So this was a requirement at the beginning, because clearly the European Commission is saying, if you are able to, to uh, propose your project to the venture capital industry and they will find you and, and they will fund you, then why are you, why are you proposing the project to, to me? So if you are able to raise money with venture capitals, then go first to venture capital to, to raise your money before coming to me and asking for public money. This was probably a little bit at the beginning because uh, now it's a little bit changed this concept because it was creating also some, some problem. It's, it's not so easy to demonstrate that uh, a venture capital is, is not ready to, to invest in your project. Let's say that uh, uh, in Europe, the venture capital industry is clearly much less developed than in other areas in, in the world, like in the Silicon Valley or in, in Asia. And this because uh, we are really missing uh, the uh, set of venture capitals that are doing uh, risky investments in, in the seed stage. Uh, so this was, uh, and this is also the meaning uh, of the program of the European Commission for the AIC Accelerator. So they are trying to cover this uh, uh, need uh, with public money instead of uh, the private sector, because private sector is actually not uh, working well as in other uh, geographic area in, in, in the world. But I would say that right now is not more a, required, a requirement. Uh, we don't have a specific question as, as before in, uh, in, uh, in the proposal that is uh, addressing directly the uh, bankability. Regarding the sector, I would say that uh, any project that, that has to do with an SDG of the European Commission, so one of the challenges that the European Commission has for the next years could be a project eligible for preparing a proposal. Uh, so in general, I would say that we don't have a limitation as, as a sector. Uh, we can have uh, from, uh, in general, we, we wanted to have an innovation, a disruptive innovation. 
uh, disruptive innovation that is looking to make money because uh, this is a program that wants to create the new economy, the growth, uh, the economical growth of, of Europe as uh, uh, Europe has understood that cannot compete with China on, on cost. So they need to compete on technology. And uh, uh, the, the flavor of the proposal that we prepare must be market oriented. The, the project must be a project that uh, will make money in, in, in the future. Um, but yes, as, as I said, there isn't a, a limitation uh, with uh, with sector, uh, there there is no sector that is excluded from participating uh, in preparing uh, uh, the proposal. Clearly, a new oil refinery in the center of Europe probably would not be the best project to present it to the European Commission, even if it's using some innovation uh, uh, for uh, 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 conducting the business. Um. With respect, is it um, is it more focused on the Green New Deal, so low to zero carbon innovation? Uh, I understood they're just really trying to compete with Silicon Valley and focus more on sustainability than a traditional uh, VC, or is that not the case? So I would say that they are trying to compete with the rest of the world to create innovation and technology that will stay in Europe. Uh, clearly, this activity in the Silicon Valley is done by the private sector in Europe, not. So this is why we, we have the, the program. Um, I would say that uh, um, the program... Uh, could be uh, very interesting uh, for all the project that has to do with climate change, uh, digital, uh, and uh, health, uh, issued, uh, health issues uh, that can be also related with pandemic. So for these three types uh, of uh, uh, topics, there is uh, a special budget that is allocated. So in, in, in this case, Robert, as, as you know, that you are very active in, uh, in, in climate change uh, uh, related projects. I think this could be particularly interesting. Everything that is uh, ESG and, and clearly I would say real ESG. Uh, decarbonization is a, a really good example because uh, uh, we, we have, uh, I have a, a very good success to, to speak about. The name of the company is CO2 BioClean, and I am also the, the CFO of this, uh, of this company that got uh, 7 million at the last uh, uh, call with the European Commission. And uh, CO2 BioClean is a worldwide patent uh, that uh, it aims uh, to transform uh, CO2 in uh, biogradable plastic. And clearly, it could have a really huge impact on uh, the on, on on our planet because uh, it, it might be able to solve two problems in one. And uh, one clearly is uh, uh, decarbonization, and the other one is uh, uh, substituting plastic and microplastic uh, that is uh, uh, polluting uh, the, the the oceans. Jacques wanted to know, what is the expected elapsed time from phase one to phase three? I would say 
And thanks for the question because it helps me to clarify a couple of things. Uh, uh, phase one, it's an open call. So you don't have uh, any uh, limits in, in time to prepare your, your uh, uh, application. As soon as you are ready, uh, documents can, can be sent. If you pass phase one, uh, European Commission is giving you four slots uh, in a period of 12 months. So it really depends when you are going to present your submission. Uh, there are four, that, four cutoff dates, are, are called by the, the European Commission, uh, during a period of 12 months. Uh, let's say that you present immediately your uh, uh, proposal, uh, and then uh, uh, they usually take between one month and one month and a half to evaluate phase one and phase two. Uh, and then you have almost immediately the interview with the European Commission, and usually after uh, 10, 15 days, uh, you have you have the result also from the interview. So I would say that if you are pretty quick, uh, I would say that in six months it's possible uh, to get to the final stage, and I would say to receive the money in, in the bank account, uh, at least uh, part of the grant. Uh, even if right now the European Commission is is, is a little bit in, uh, in late with the, the the last project, but I think that they will catch up and they will be able to uh, deliver the the money according to the uh, official program. Okay, you um, before I take the next question, you 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 get said to me that there was a study done because everybody thinks, well, I go to VC, it's much faster than the EU. Terrible yeah. bureaucracy, inefficient, blah, 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 blah. And you told me that the recent study shows that they were significantly higher rate of success yeah. for EU than applying to VCs. Can you talk about that? Yeah, I can give you, because I found, found them, I can give you the exact statistic of June 2021. Right now, I would say that they are similar, even, even better, probably. Clearly, statistics, uh, they change uh, from uh, time to time, but on, on average, I think uh, uh, could could be this. So uh, phase one, we have 67% of the success rate. Phase two, we have 16% of success rate. And one at, one yeah, yeah. yeah, and at the interview, we have 50% of the success rate. So the... Wow. the the total is, uh, uh, if you multiply them and to, to evaluate uh, your total success rate, uh, it's uh, between five, uh, it's around 5.5%. But you need to consider that uh, many companies uh, are, are they, they can try again. So I have like clients that they got at the interview and the interview phase, they didn't pass the interview and then they reapplied again to phase two and then they got passed. And one example is a CO2 BioClean. So they, they didn't get successful at the first attempt. So they, they tried it second time. So if, if you sum, usually you have between five and 10% of the probability. This is the official statistic. We as consultant, we have much higher uh, probability because clearly we do a pre-filter of the project before working with them. Um, but, uh, I would also say, uh, I mean, the, the, the second question would be, 
uh, well, let, let me say, from an absolute point of view, you need to consider that here the opportunity is up to 17.5 millions. So having the possibility to participate in a lottery where you have between 5 and 10% probability of winning, <laughs> I think it's a, a wonderful... Uh, wonderful expectation and i would i would play every day to this uh, to this lottery the second thing clearly the question would be in, in order to judge this probability what is the probability with a venture capital so if you look at the official probability and we have done also a research internally in italy switzerland and usa and more or less it's the same probability it is and it is one percent so 1% of the companies that are presenting uh, and submitting their project uh, to a venture capital are going to be financed. And timing uh, is not always uh, uh, faster than uh, three, four, five, six months uh, uh, timing with, with a venture capital. So in my opinion, if you have an innovation and you really believe that this innovation is a disruptive one and maybe can change the world and it's an innovation that can make a lot of money and it's clearly compliant with the values that the European Commission has for the sustainable growth of the economy in Europe. I think that you, sh you, you wanted to present it. You might want to present it alone without the help of anyone, so without the help of a consultant, but you want, you want to try this, uh, this ticket because uh, it's, it's a no-brain uh, uh, possibility to do it. Um, thank you for, for clarifying that. I, um, Fabrice wanted to know, because I think this is a question resulting from Horizon 2020, is there any need for a consortium with companies, etc.? Is it an, adva an advantage? Because that was a requirement, I think, in the past, right? Yeah. Well, actually, we are speaking about the EIC accelerator because there is no need for a consortium. There are other programs, there are other calls inside uh, Horizon Europe. Uh, this is actually, I'm, I'm calling it sometime a program. This is not a program because the program is Horizon Europe. Uh, the EIC accelerator is an instrument, an instrument for financing uh, small medium enterprises and financing the innovation of small medium enterprises. So uh, using the EIC accelerator, every company can participate alone. They don't need any any consortium, and I think this is a really great advantage. Um, and also, Jacques, wanted to know: Are there are any return expectations which need to be met as a minimum for the equity or grant um, amount? You mean from the point of view of the European Commission? Yeah, so, what expectation, what return expectations do they have? Well, it's not really about the, the return expectation is uh, more about uh, if, uh, I mean, you, you need to understand that uh, the European Investment Fund uh, is, is not really uh, a venture capital. So they, they have some different parameters than uh, traditional venture capital. They are not... Uh, doing the investment for uh, uh, squeezing uh, as much profit as they can. Uh, the idea here is about uh, financing the project because uh, you have a really good project because uh, it's uh, 
clearly it must be market oriented, but there is no any hard IRR that they, they are going to consider before financing the project. Clearly there is a due diligence, but uh, there is no any hard IRR. Investment can be done in equity, but I would say more often is done with a convertible. Uh, if there is a co-investor, so European Commission can also try to find uh, co-investors, so other venture capital that wanted to co-invest with the European Commission. And uh, that there are many venture capitals that want to do this because uh, in, in the previous year, for every euro invested by the European Commission, this attracted uh, another 2.3 euro from uh, uh, private uh, venture from the venture capital industry and uh, 37 of the companies that got financed by the European Commission they got listed in the following three to five years in uh, in a public stock exchange so there are many venture capitals that wanted to invest with the European Commission uh, and um, in that case uh, if there is a co-investor, uh, the evaluation of the company, uh, the, the European Commission is going to be aligned uh, on the evaluation of the company with uh, the co-investor. Other, otherwise, they use a convertible and um, that is the uh, structure. But uh, there is no any hard IRR that they want to get from that project before uh, before investing. Can can you just apply for the grant or are you required to do the grant and the equity or can you just apply for the equity? Do you have to take both or can you take one or the other? Yes, you can uh, You can decide if you want to apply just for the grant, just for the equity or, or both of them. Uh, this is, uh, there are different options uh, uh, available based on, on the project because clearly uh, there, there is one important thing. The grant uh, is going to finance the project uh, uh, between uh, uh, TRL 5 to 6 up to TRL 8. So with the uh, grant, you cannot finance at the go-to-market phase. The equity can finance the go-to-market phase. Okay. So clearly, you need to mix then based on, on the stage, uh, on the maturity stage of, of your project. And the second thing is that the grant is going to finance the 70% of the eligible cost of uh, uh, the uh, uh, phase between uh, uh, TRL 6 and TRL 8. So the remaining 30% of that cost can be financed with the equity. So it's up to you to find out the right combination between uh, the grant, the equity, and external financing uh, uh, sources. As, as I said, when you get uh, to the point that uh, you are going to be financed by the European Commission, it's not difficult to find also venture capital that might be interested to invest in your project because another interesting advantage of uh, having the European Commission supporting your project is that uh, any institutional door, at least at the European level, can be easily open with the help of the European Commission. So let's say that I have a, a project and they need a license and they need to speak with somebody at uh, a ministry somewhere in Europe, then clearly this can be 
eased with with the European Commission to speak with the, the right person at, at, the, at the right at the right time. Okay. Um, Joachim, I think we actually address this about the does the, the program suffer from bureaucratic and slow process, or are they quick to respond in entrepreneurial fashion? From what you explained, if that is all accurate, it seems incredibly fast and a higher success rate. And he was asking, is there a step-by-step -step website or similar that handles that? Isn't that the work that a lot of the work that you do is kind of guiding people looking to raise money from the EU? Because I looked at their website. It's pretty awful. I mean, whoever designed that really didn't want anybody to apply. It's very, very convoluted. And I always found it very uh, complex. Have you made a more streamlined system? Yes, I mean, it's, it's complex because uh, we are speaking about a lot of, uh, lot of money. So the procedure is not the easiest one. It means that you need to, pre to prepare and to provide a lot of information and to structure the information with a precise template. You need to answer to questions uh, during uh, uh, the proposal and... Uh, uh, it's not always easy to understand the questions that the the template uh, are, uh, are 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 making you. That's because, an understatement. Uh, <laughs> yes, I mean uh, it's um, uh, clearly there are really a lot of questions. Consider that phase two can be between uh, fifty and seventy pages if you put them together. And there are questions that goes from marketing, commercialization, IPR, freedom to operate, um, problem and solution, a technical question about the technology, and, and so on, fin financial questions. So in general, clearly having somebody that is helping you in uh, managing all the, the flow of information and to answer to, to this question, usually it's something that it's, uh, it's helpful uh, undoubtedly. Um, there are, I think, two, two, two kind of complex things. One is about the, the rules, because there are some rules that you need to respect, best value for money, uh, when you have, for example, uh, external uh, suppliers that you want to account uh, in, in the budget that you are asking to the European Commission. So you, you need to pay attention to different things uh, when you prepare the proposal. And, uh, and the other thing is clearly about uh, the substance. So the, the other complex thing that you need to pay attention is about uh, the substance of what you are writing must be clear, must be written with a logic that is uh, following uh, all uh, the proposal. If, if you put numbers, for example, in the financial, you need to explain how you got to that number, what is the logic. Clearly, you are, in many cases, uh, you are speaking about projections. So nobody knows what is going to happen tomorrow, but you need to follow logic. This is the important thing because you need to be convincing at a certain point, probably somebody will ask you, okay, why you are forecasting uh, to have 2-3% uh, of the market share in, in two years. Uh, you are a startup, it's a new market. So you, you need to explain your logic. And this type of uh, uh, reasoning uh, must be uh, consistent uh, during all, uh, all the proposal.
Um, Lisa Sulodra, um, one of our startup partners, she had some questions because there were some articles putting out about EIC not actually issuing cash yet. So she wanted to know, uh, has this been resolved and has there actually been investment made? So this is what I was uh, saying a couple of minutes ago. They are a little bit in late uh, with some uh, uh, some of the cutoff in releasing the funds. Uh, I think they are at least uh, four to five months uh, in late. Uh, I I hope and I think they will they will solve it. Uh, I have no doubt that they will release the funding because uh, they are the European Commission. So. I still, I still the money trust. Has been allocated, correct? I mean, the money is in a bank account somewhere. Yes, I think, I think that the problem that they have because before 2021, uh, there was a DESME instrument that was the substitute of the ICE accelerator, and with the DESME instrument, there was just the 2.5 million grant that was directly money of the European Commission. Mm-hmm. Now, clearly, they have understood that with the 2.5 million, some companies, they are not really able uh, to uh, get to the go-to-market phase. So they increased the budget at 17.5 million. And in doing that, uh, they asked also to venture capitals in Europe to join a co-investment with them in, uh, in releasing, uh, in, in funding this uh, uh, projects and startups and small medium enterprises and i think uh, this is the point that is uh, creating some uh, delays because now sometimes they are not completely alone there is uh, also a due diligence that they need to do because they are getting equity it's not just about a grant mm. so there is also the due diligence time that you need to consider uh, with the CO2 BioClean, for example, we have still not received the, the money. Uh, we think, as, as from the information that we have, that we will be able to get uh, uh, at, at least a part of that money in, uh, in June. Do, okay. do, you, do, do you still hear me well? Yeah, yeah, very well. Okay, okay. And okay. When, when was it approved? It was approved in uh, December, January. Okay, so at the end of last year, beginning of this year. And uh, so there was a delay. So you're going to get it with the money within six months, even though it was approved at the end of December. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, let's consider that uh, this this should be an exception. Okay, so this uh, should be solved. And uh, uh, actually, you should receive immediately at least a part of the grant. So as soon as uh, you, you get uh, the green light from the European Commission, they should pay immediately at least a part of the grant. It's not like that actually. It's true that there are some delays, but uh, I think, uh, and from what I know, they are working on that. Uh, I think that they, they will solve it uh, soon, I hope at least. Gunther wanted to know, is it possible to get grant or equity for African startups if they intend to set up an office in Europe? Yes, it is possible. When uh, you participate in phase one, uh, you don't even need to have an entity and you don't even need to have a legal entity. You can participate is, uh, even if as a natural person. Mm-hmm. 
the only the only thing let's uh, let's remember that you needed to have a project at the TRL five or six. Okay, so it is not just about uh, having an idea and presenting it to European Commission, but you can participate uh, even as a natural person. If you are not a European citizen, then if you pass a phase one, that it's already a good thing. Then uh, you, if you pass a phase one, uh, you already have almost a 10% probability of being funded. Okay, so you are already, let's say, in, in, in a good position and it would be a smart uh, move to incorporate a, a company in Europe. Uh, you can also do an easy incorporation, cheap incorporation in East Europe with uh, 1,000 euro, you can incorporate a company. And then you participate with the European legal entity to phase two. And clearly, if, if, if you are going to be funded, you will have to spend and to make the investment from the European entity. But I think at that point, uh, it won't be a problem because you are receiving several millions of euro and you can really start up the, the, the project. Okay. Well, Jacob wants to know, what if the R&D and head office is within the EU, but the main target market for export or development is outside of the EU, developing countries? Would that be eligible or does a company, company need to address only European markets? No, no, no. You, you can make business outside Europe. Uh, as I said, uh, the, the main and final goal of the project uh, is about uh, creating uh, uh, economic growth in Europe. So it doesn't matter if you have a, a good project uh, that uh, is uh, going to be uh, required and is going to be successful in another market. It doesn't matter because you will make profit with your European entity, the holding the mother of all the companies that you will have, of all the subsidiaries that you will have around the world will be Europe. Probably you would need to develop. So now it really depends by the project that you are talking about. But if you have, for example, a platform and you are going to develop a platform, probably it would make sense that if you receive the investment here, you will develop the platform here in Europe and then you sell your product outside of Europe. This is perfectly fine. Um, and just for clarification, I understood that when you say e the European Union, there's, you know, the 27 countries, but they also accept uh, companies in Switzerland. And I understood Israel and Armenia and Georgia and Ukraine. Is that true? Are the, is, it, is it larger than just the EU? Yes, it's absolutely true. There are many associated countries. Now, you name the Switzerland. Switzerland is one of the countries where they have still not found uh, an agreement. I'm not <laughs> sure they, they, they will be able to. It's, it's always like that. Every also, It was the same thing during Horizon 2020. At the beginning, they, they were not able to find the agreement. Then they found it after two, three years, and, and Switzerland uh, was eligible at that point. Right now, Switzerland is not eligible, but Israel is eligible, uh, and Albania, uh, Bosnia, Herzegovina. I mean, there are many, several countries outside Europe. They are called associated countries, and uh, they are eligible, and you, you can... Uh, Israel is pretty strong also. Israel is one of the pretty strong, because clearly it's considered like the 
Silicon Valley in Europe uh, is there. Okay. So they have a lot of technology, digital, they are pretty strong in. Uh, Lisa, I had another question about pricing. What happens when the round is yet to be too early to be priced? Because most companies at TRL five or six are not priced. How do they deal with that? Well, they usually, so there, there are uh, two um, possibility. Uh, possibility number one, uh, if yeah, I, I mean, I, I guess that we are speaking about the equity, the equity investment by the European Commission, because if it is a grant, uh, they, they are just releasing the fund and it's not really important about the pricing. So if we are speaking about equity, they have uh, two possible, uh, uh, two possibilities. Uh, one, that uh, you or they find, they, they, they find a um, co-investor, so a venture capital usually, and then uh, they, they will follow the evaluation of the co-investor. So the European Commission will enter at the same evaluation as the co-investor. Possibility number two, they do not or you do not find a co-investor, then uh, probably 99% they will enter with a convertible note. So a convertible note for people uh, who do not know, it's like a, a kind of a, a debt that at the maturity, uh, instead of being reimbursed by the company, will be converted in, in equity. So like after three, four, five years, will be converted in, in equity. And then it's supposed that it will be much easier to evaluate the company because uh, uh, if, if you have a go-to-market uh, in one, two years, uh, then after three, four years, you will be able to, to make revenues and to have some uh, key financials uh, to evaluate uh, the, the company with uh, a, better, a better ground. Uh, Jason wanted to know what percentage of applicants make it through presenting at a, as a standalone? How many in the last few years? But from what I understand, it hasn't really been fully functional for the last two years. So I'm not sure that I have understood the question. What do you mean that they like, present so in a standalone? If there's like a thousand applications going through the EIC program, how many, what's a, I think you said it's between uh, five and 10%. Yeah, yeah. That went through. Yeah, so uh, in, uh, so there is a report for 2021, uh, okay. I think. I, I think at the end of every year, European Commission is going to release a report. So in 2010 and 21, uh, there has been uh, 137 companies uh, and uh, they have released uh, uh, around uh, 600 million or something like that. So with, with an average of uh, five, six million. So for, yeah, investment decision taken on 137 companies worth 600 millions. But it doesn't so, say the number that were approved. Well, 137 companies. Were approved. Yeah, investment decisions, it means uh, that okay. they, they decided to invest. started yeah. through the process. Yeah, the, the total number of companies that participated was probably around the 1,400, uh, more, more or less. Okay. 1,400, 1,600, something like this. If you multiply that uh, probabilities that I gave you at the beginning, that is between 5 and 10%. But uh, we, when you consider 5 and 10%, uh, actually is more closer to 10% for the reason that I, I, I 
I, I told you before that there are many companies that are reapplying. So nobody that get at phase two or at the interview phase is not going to reapply another time. So clearly the real number of companies that participated is, is much less and then the right. probability is, is much higher. So we are more close to 10%. Okay, and, and um, Jacques Wandra, are the people judging these proposals operationally experienced business financial people or are they just EU uh, bureaucrats? I mean, is it EIB that's running this, uh, the, the decision on who gets funded? So is EIC, European Innovation Council, that is in charge of, of the program. And the people that are deciding, they come from uh, academic, uh, venture capital, and industry expert. And they try to create commissions that are a mix of, uh, of these people. Okay, so it's external individuals. External, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Okay. Absolutely, because if, if, if you can imagine that... Uh, uh in uh, in 2021 uh, probably there there have been uh, 1500 between 1500 and 1800 and 900 companies and every company is requiring uh, three level of stage of evaluation and every commission is between four and six people clearly this is requiring a lot of people for for managing and evaluating all the proposals so there is also some uh, application that you can do online to ask it to enter in uh, as, as an evaluator or as a jury member of, uh, of the European Commission. Mm -hmm. uh, and um, yeah, it's uh, done by external, uh, external people. Okay, Claudine wanted to know, if you have one product that is market ready and urgently need in the EU, fuel efficiency or GHG reducer, and have another product that is an enhancer of the first product in the testing phase, what would be eligible and could one apply twice? If they are two different uh, products, yes. If they are connected and both of them uh, are used for uh, one, single one, one single problem to solve one single problem, so they are the answer and the solution for one single problem, probably you want to uh, apply with one single proposal, but you can finance the development of the second project with, or the second product, both with the, the grant and the equity. And you can finance the first uh, one that is already, if I'm not wrong, at, at the market, at the, at the go-to-market phase with the, the equity, with the equity funding. Okay, so Estonia, Lithuania, Latvia—they all—they're all, they're all uh, are yes, eligible. Yes, now. Okay. Yes, so yes, Daniela yes. wanted to know if you apply as a natural person, European citizen, but based in Switzerland, is that eligible? Yes. Uh, the only thing is that in, in that case, I think that uh, you are required uh, to incorporate a company in one of the eligible country uh, just after phase two. So you can get uh, up to the end of phase two without having a company. Uh, if you are not a European citizen, if I'm correct, uh, you, you are asked to incorporate a company after phase one. But if you are a European citizen, you can keep going until uh, uh, the success of phase two. 
Uh, okay. And um, is it possible to apply with a project if your team is from outside Europe, the project outside of Europe, some of the technology outside Europe, but the applicant is European? Yes, I, I mean, uh, uh, I would need to understand a little bit more about uh, the project because clearly, um, like that, it seems that the European entity is just an empty box for receiving the money and then is transferring the money outside Europe and clearly is, is not really the, the logic behind, behind the project. If there are some reasons why there is like uh, the headquarter in Europe and everything is done outside Europe, maybe it, it might make sense. But there are some, uh, let's say, special cases that probably would need to be evaluated uh, uh, one by one. Okay. This is a, a question up your alley in crypto. Can the equity funding work with crypto projects, um, i.e. not getting shares of a company, but shares of token emission? Well, not for the European Commission. So the European Commission is not, I mean, this is clearly uh, an industry that I know very well because we also work with the uh, security token. Actually, we do a lot of security token and we, we also have uh, a platform for, for this type of project. Um, where sometimes we also have uh, projects that are coming from the European Commission. Right, right now we have a project on the platform. For example, it's a biotech. In general, I would say that uh, you can run an ICO, IDO, IEO, STO for raising money with cryptocurrencies, but the European Commission is not buying tokens. So they have like some uh, strict uh, policies and, uh, and, and rules. So if you want the equity investments, they are going to buy equity now or later. It means now if they go directly with with equity or later if they go with with a convertible but they are not going to buy uh, any 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 token um i understand that um uh, andriotto financial service you help with i mean you're not going to write the application obviously that that's a lot of, of work but you can guide them through this uh, process and kind of mentor them through this because uh, I mean, if you if you've never applied to the EU, I would never do it myself because I, I looked at the system; it's just quite awful. And there are various grant makers. What? How do? How do you charge your clients for helping them through this process? Well, uh, mainly we try to have our profit uh, linked uh, with uh, with the success fees. We have. Uh, uh, like a really small uh, amount uh, that we need to cover some some cost because as I said it's a complex application. We help the client uh, in uh, uh, understanding uh, the procedure, uh, in understanding uh, the questions that are going to be done by the European Commission. We assign a project manager to the application. We review the application, we prepare with our clients at the interviews and all the administration part and communication and submission and everything. Clearly, we always need to have the information from the client because yeah. we do not know projects. So we, we need to say something. In any case, whatever consultant you will get, it won't never be something that 
uh, you you just have the consultant writing something that he doesn't know. It, you you won't never be successful like that. So this is a process where you need to put at least the information and to work with the the consultant that is helping you in structuring the proposal to be successful. So I would say that is a, a four hands uh, project. Uh, this one four hands proposal that must be prepared. Okay. Uh, do you have a, a, a deck and some information of how you charge and that I'll, I'll share that with everyone. Um, yes. Cause I'll send everybody who registered live or registered and watching live or are going to watch the replay. I'll send them uh, your deck and information that they can follow up because I'm sure you uh, you created actually many more questions for people from because it's it is a uh, it's a great opportunity but you do have to it's very procedural you know it's not about yes. content it's about process and that's uh, that's important what can this audience do to help you well uh, the first step uh, as as i said as uh, that uh, we try to stay as much as we can uh, on uh, uh, a success fee uh, proposal for for the people that we help uh, for the project that we help the first step is always uh, to do uh, an eligibility check so we need to receive some information about the project in order not to uh, in order to be clear from the beginning if there are the condition uh, to move forward or not uh, and we always do this for we, it's it's a free let's say pre-evaluation uh, eligibility check that we do if we think uh, that uh, we have the probability to be successful then we will move uh, forward okay I, I, um... I don't have here with me the or maybe I can find okay. it. Okay, just email me um, okay. the, the okay. process. I'll add it to the email. We send everyone an email follow-up who, who came live, but also those who will watch the replay and they can you know reach out to you if they have okay. more specific questions. Thank you to our guest and audience for joining us today. If you enjoyed this podcast and want to hear more, please subscribe where you listen to your podcast. This was Radical Truth. Stay safe.